0: how you build rivalries and that's how you build atmosphere.
1: Edwards three-pointer is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. Corner! Corner!
0: They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson-ish. I heard it's supposed to get cold over there pretty soon. Are are you ready?
0: I mean, man, I don't need to go through another So, yes, um, a lot of warnings going out. You know how it typically gets in Texas when the freeze starts coming. You start getting emails from... Your apartment complex, yep. your city—it's like, oh, here comes the, here are the things you can do, and then like, I don't know. Ever since twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I get those emails now. I used to just be like, yeah, it's fine. Um, now now I'm terrified every single yeah. time.
1: <laughs> and uh, now we're getting older too. It's like, all right, you got to drip drip the faucet. Yeah, drip the
0: faucets. You got to make sure you go grocery shopping a couple of days before. Mm-hmm. Because yep. you're not going to be going. Let me see. Let me look at the high right now. Right now, the high for Monday is 23.
1: <sighs> and it's like three straight days, right? Where y'all are in like the 20, 20, 20. So
0: it's supposed to hit Saturday night, 27, 23, 27. Sunday,
1: Monday. Those are the highs. <laughs> oh, so you're going to be in the teens for most oh, of the I'm, time. I'm
0: terrible. I'm
1: now, fortunately, um, you know, South Texas, San Antonio is not hit as hard, Uh, yeah. and South. Uh, Louisiana is also not hit too hard, so I think we have one day in the 30s. Oh, but the rest of them were are 40s, 50s. So we're we're all right, we're all right over here. But yeah, anyways, let this be a PSA to y'all in the northern part of Texas to uh, drip your pipes and uh, do everything you need to do. And uh, yeah, with that being said, you'll be able to just kind of sit at home and watch some basketball, and yeah. we'll be able to talk, talk about, about it. it. And it's been a Another fun week, uh, with with conference play picking up, dude. Okay, we're we're gonna get into a lot of different games. Uh, let's just, let's <laughs> There's go, been a lot that's happened. Let's just let's just start off with something we've never seen before. I, okay, let's let's do it. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. S, I got sent a text from my good friend Colin Mitchell. Yeah, who doesn't you know he doesn't follow a lot of other basketball accounts, mm-hmm. but and it was SMU defeat Memphis uh 91 to 86 in double overtime. Yeah. And where is the exact tweet? Uh John Little, who shouts John Little, who does work for North Texas and SMU, um as like the, the, the radio guy, broadcast guy, um does great work. Sent me a tweet that said, "The SMU versus Memphis women's basketball game set a division 1 record for most personal fouls was 75." Oh my god. Not only that. And I'm, I'm going separate from the tweet now. Not yeah. only that, but SMU finished the game with only four players. SMU – and I'll give you even more context. That is, that, is,
0: that is not a – that's not incorrect, by the way. Like, that I'll give accurate.
1: you even more context yeah. before we jump into this. I went and watched the game. I watched the fourth quarter overtime overtime with 50 seconds left in the second overtime. They are up one point, 87 to 86, and they go to play four on five for the final minute of the game, and they end up winning that game. They get a stop, get fouled, hit free throws, get a stop, get fouled, hit free throws, win 91 to 86. One of the best wins. And also, I, I think you you might have – I don't know if uh, if you watched the specifics, but at the end of regulation, they should have lost. Mm-hmm. They, they, Memphis had a shot to win it. And it's still on the tips of the fingers of the Memphis player. The shot that goes in to win the game. So that's called off. And then in overtime, they go down, um, I don't remember what it was. They're down like four or five. And again, SMU comes back. Uh, Just one of the craziest games I've ever seen, heard about, watched. I think that covers pretty much everything that was crazy about it. Oh, yeah. And Tierra Young had 38 points and 15 rebounds. And she fouled out after she cramped and it looked like she wasn't coming back. I don't know what to say. Penny Hardaway was there. Yep. It is insane. I
0: remember you uh I remember you texting me cuz you were watching it last night. Uh, I rewatched it this morning and you were texting me like the score, like screenshot the score saying, "When when do they win this game?" Like yeah. you're just like hey, let me see the first one you sent me. Uh 36 seconds left in overtime 76 71 smu and you're like how do they win this game and then you're just still watching still watching you send me the screenshot with penny chilling on the chilling pitch, yeah. tied at 77 and then you're like you text me like how do they win this game <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just and then it, it I, I don't know man like that that is the craziest like i don't recommend anybody go back and watch this um go back and watch the last overtime or second overtime
1: oh! overtime overtime. i feel like you got to watch the end of the game though to get the full magnification of what's happening memphis wins the game like everybody thought the game is over penny hardaway gets up to walk out of the gym (laughs) i i'm not kidding the broadcast is like oh well penny said it's done it's done and they come back and say nope doesn't count we go to overtime again i sent you a screenshot they're down five with 30 seconds left they hit a free throw miss the second get the rebound Make make a layup and just every all hell breaks loose, and they end up coming back to tie it.
0: So, so yeah, so that all happens. Um, but even if you don't want to go back and watch this game because there will this will make you hate the field of officiating. Um, it is let me just say this there were 72 fouls called, there were not 72 fouls in this game.
1: There's never a seventy-two fouls in a basketball game. I don't care if you're you're referring six-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Nope. Uh, what age groups uh, you are referring. There and are at, never this many fouls.
0: And at some point, I don't know, man. At some point, I just want to go home as a ref. Seventy-five
1: <laughs> at fouls. Seven, at some point, I'm just like, you know what? Touch foul. I'm not calling that. I just and it was they were bad. And the thing is, is yeah. Tierra Young got um. I believe she got her fifth foul on like a really, really sketchy charge call. They were calling charges. They were calling...
0: By the way, we should mention, Tierra Young went off. 38 and 15 in this game, by the way. Uh, Shout out to her. She she put this game on her back. 38 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, Was phenomenal. Uh, Kind of almost a Michael... uh, Michael Porter Jr. stat line, only one assist. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, she was fantastic in this game, right? She shot 22 free throws because of course yeah. she did. Um, SMU shot 60 free throws. In this 98
1: game. free throws in this game, 60 to 38.
0: 10 players fouled out. 10, five for each team. And of course, yeah. So when we say that SMU finished with four players, not four players in the ba- four players on four. the court.
1: Yep. They five needed to four. finish this game. Five <laughs> so, on four.
0: Oh my God. Uh, so yeah, this game, I had to watch it just to see for myself and the, cause I was like, is it just that physical of a game? No, the answer is no. The answer was no. There were just a lot of ticky. There was every ticky tack call. Um, there, it was the type of game where a player holds their hand up. And they're like within an inch of the other yeah. player, and it's a whistle. And then the other, then the player just puts their hands on their head, and like what just happened is like, yeah, yeah, that's a foul. So, I, I don't know, man. It is wild. I am glad we got a Tierra Young historic performance out of it because yep. that made it worth paying attention to. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was nasty.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the craziest games I've ever seen and ever witnessed. I just, I don't. I, I didn't know how to compartmentalize that. So I was texting you through it. I felt bad. It was like 12 30 a.m. and I'm just texting it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't just gonna keep blowing up your phone with <laughs> screenshots and uh, how crazy this SMU Memphis women's basketball game is. Mm-hmm. But this is a great win for SMU, regardless of everything that we just said and mm-hmm. how crazy this game was. This is a, a, a really, really good win because they lost this game about 10 different ways mm-hmm. and they end up winning the game. So, um, Credit to them. Credit to Tiara Young for yep. really putting the team on her back. Um, and whenever eight and seven,
0: eight and seven now uh, SMU.
1: Yeah, and now two and two in conference uh, after a two point loss to Rice.
0: I was about to say a, good, a decent decent performance against Rice. Uh, just and only like, nine
1: yeah. points to USF, who's not bad as well. Yeah. So uh, the big game I, I'm a UAB on the road first, and then home against North Texas. The North Texas game will be big because um, I think North Texas is. Still rolling. I believe they're two and one in conference. Yeah. So uh historic historic game. And we wanted to start off with that because sheesh, what a what a game. What a game yeah. that was. All right. We can go to um other games now. Where we <laughs> want to where do you want to jump to? Uh let's go with uh let's go TCU men. TCU men beating Oklahoma.
0: I believe final score was let me see if I can bring it up real quick, 80 to 71, I believe. Yeah, eighty to seventy-one. Um, I mean, look, we said after the after the Kansas game that this TCU team is good, right? Like that was that was the opinion of we treated that as if they won that game, and they come out and they beat a red-hot Oklahoma team uh, by nine, almost by double digits at home. And I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like this, this TCU team is. We were worried because we thought this could. I think that we've, I don't know about you, but I felt this was like the highest variance team in the big 12, mm-hmm. right? They could finish as a contender. They could also just, this just doesn't work out and they could plummet to the bottom. Not the bottom, but like, you know what I mean? Um, plummet to kind of that no man's land of like eighth or whatever. Yeah. It's looking like it's the real deal and all these pieces, which again, that's, I can't get, I can't stress how hard that is, right? Bringing in this many players, knowing your team was one identity for the past couple of years of Mike miles yeah, and yeah. even Eddie Lampkin last year before right. or the year before, before he transferred. And then just completely saying, you know what, we're not going to replace that one player. So we're going to bring in five <laughs> and we're going to add in not just five players, but five players that are used to playing a lot of minutes and it's just going to work out. I, I mean, this is to me, this is one of his best. This Is, my, is this his best coaching job? Yeah. Jamie Nixon?
1: I think so. I think definitely. I mean, the, the like, like you said, the identity with Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin, and O'Bannon and th- those teams and Miller mm-hmm. the past two years, the identities have been set in stone. And so it's yeah. kind of just been, all right, we're, we're going to play this way. We know what we're going to play every year, every like, game. Let me,
0: let me put it to you like this. Let me, this is their, st- again, uh, their starting lineup against Kansas, right? This is their starting lineup. They did not change it. Emmanuel Miller, Ernest Duda Jr., Travian Tennyson, Avery Anderson, Micah Peavy. There's no point guard on that on that floor, right? Jameer Nelson Jr. comes off the bench. He's their point guard. But, like, he, they, he is very much, they're so in sync that it does not matter. They know exactly what they're running. They know who the go-to guys are. Emmanuel Miller, being an outside shooter now, is changing everything. Like, he's yep. a legitimate threat, the legitimate stretch, three now, or stretch big now. And they don't look... Out of sorts at all. They all play good. They're lengthy, so they play great defense. I mean, a decent defense, not great defense. Yeah. Decent enough defense, but their offense is what's taken the step forward this year. Um, because they, I mean, as we know, they used to just be a one-man show on offense. He creates yep. everything, he does everything. But now it's like, okay, we have a bunch of creators that can all get their own shot, that all complement each other. Like Isam Mustafa, who I thought was going to be one of their best players, he's playing five minutes a game
1: right now. Doesn't play. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, and they don't need him to. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they went from 74 to 53 to now 36 in offensive uh, rating from two years ago to last year to, to this year. So yeah, uh, we'll see. Tomorrow against Houston at home. Man. That's, you got a Houston team coming off a loss. Uh, again, their first taste of Big 12 road basketball, and now they come to Fort Worth to play TCU. That is a um, massive game. If, yeah. if TCU wins that, you are – Planning your flag is like a top four team in the conference, pretty comfortably. Oh and, yeah, um, I'm not going to pick them to win it though. I think Houston comes out with a different, a different intensity. And I, I thought I don't know if I said this last podcast, but I thought Houston actually played pretty well. No, I didn't because no, we didn't talk we about Tuesday it. Yeah, we, talk,
0: we can talk about that now.
1: Yeah, we could talk. We could talk about that, but I thought Houston actually played fairly well. Hmm. weirdly enough like they got down I watched almost the whole game they got down 12-0 10-0 in the first couple minutes and it was like Fran Fischillo on the calls going crazy like this is this is what it's like in the big 12 you know you're going the road you're not going to score and I thought since from that point on they played a really really solid game the defense settled in everything you know was, was was fine obviously it's a tough game uh regardless but uh, to lose the game 57-53, a game they were up uh, with about what was it four three minutes left, something like yep. that, uh, and I thought they were going to win. I don't. I don't think it's a bad loss at all. Um, so yeah, I, I think Houston comes out against TCU, and I think they play really well.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad loss either. Um, I won. I think this elevates the Big Twelve even more because Iowa State. I like Iowa State, but they were a team that I was kind of like, if there was a middle of the pack, I guess you yeah. can say, at the Big 12. They were kind of like the team, you know, I was like, okay, they would probably be an Iowa State who's a team that can catch anybody off guard, but, you know, who knows? Now they just look like, like a potential contender. Like, I don't know. they're What are they, 11, 12 and three right now? Um, so again, we'll see how they do. Um, they have Oklahoma State and BYU coming up. But I came away, from, yeah, I agree. I came away from this game. I think this was a game that, am I, I think Houston wins this game nine times out of 10, right? It's a low scoring game. I think what happened was, a lot of the steals that Houston gets or a lot of the gambles that Houston takes on defense just ended up staying in Iowa's hand, Iowa state's hands. Mm-hmm. Like the Jamal shed was still really good to me. Um, but I think that a lot of those, I won't say 50 fifties, but kind of the 50, 50 balls, whether they're off the bounce or off the off miss shots or in, uh, steal attempts, I think just landed with Iowa state. And I think Iowa state was good enough. And TJ Otzelberger is It's a great coach. Um, He's been – it looks like they may be taking the step under – the next step under him. Um, I just think their defense was, like, slightly off, but it wasn't, like, bad. They still slowed the game down. They still made Iowa State play their game. But I just think this is one of those games where, you know, the rare times where Kelvin Sampson loses a game where, you know, they're playing the style they want to play.
1: Yeah um Emmanuel Sharp was tremendous five of ten from three he's take he's somebody they
0: needed to step up huge just as an outside threat and mm-hmm. he's done exactly that this year
1: mm-hmm. yep he's uh he's really freaking good uh Cryer wasn't a great game from him two of nine from the field shed I yeah. thought it was tough as nails even though he was only one of eight from three uh I thought he was just really two steals two blocks he was everywhere so you know you start with those guards and i will say one of the more disappointing things is damian dunn not quite being like they put him out there for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and it never looked like he was ready for that type of game and maybe that's because he didn't play a lot in the non-conference but if they they are going to rely a lot on shed crier sharp now it's Mm -hmm. like i don't know if dunn wilson or ramon walker can give them anything
0: and I do wonder if we'll see more Joseph Tugler, because right now Jawan Roberts is playing a lot of minutes, um, especially with Arsenal out. You know, we, we talked about that that small yeah. ball experiment they were trying with him. Now it's like Tugler's playing 10, 15 minutes a game. And so it's like, oh, is that going to be something that needs to be upped a little bit? Because I think, because uh, yeah, like any of those guys getting into, granted Jawan Roberts is really good at staying out of foul trouble, but like yeah. any one of those guys getting in foul trouble, it's like, okay, that's an issue. Um by the way, I do want to mention like uh the, the freshman for I was uh Milan but like that was a stupid shot he hit by the way. Oh <laughs> like, that, was the like, that was
1: like that was like why I was it was a tie game with 30 seconds. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yeah, tie game, 30 seconds left. Iowa State ball. They are done, they are dead in the water. He turns around, hits a fading out of balance shot, like on two. Po- I
0: on th- it. think it was Shed and Roberts on him. Like oh, they they inbound the ball because they get a mismatch, it's him versus yeah. Shed. It's him, uh, Shed's guarding him in the post. So it's like, okay, mismatch, boom. Juwan Roberts immediately goes over there to cover. And he, credit to him, was a good turnaround. Like, he turns out of the double team. Yeah. But, yeah, just fading into the <laughs> into the baseline and nails it. You're like, are you, that's what they're going to lose on right now? Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, he was, that was a dirty, it was a dirty shot. That was one of those, you're just like, ah, oh, like, what do you do? Yeah. Like, what do you do? You're, you're asking him, you're asking a big to take a fadeaway jumper. Like, yeah, that's what you want. It's fine. But that was a dirty shot and they, that's, that's the one they wanted on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing. Do you want to guess, this was brought up on the broadcast. I think Fran probably brought it up, but um, yeah. do you want to guess where Houston ranks an average height on Ken Palm? Just gosh, it's unbelievable. <sighs> I'm going to say 280. <laughs> You're close. 331. Oh my God three and so this was this is why i, I don't want to spend too long on houston we spent a long time yeah. but like this was our concern coming into the year yeah and to their credit it hasn't mattered and yeah. i don't think it mattered in this Iowa i should
0: mention there are 362 teams in the country so yeah there's
1: 362 that's, like that's it still didn't even matter in this iowa state game this that's yeah. not why they lost the game they're, right. they are perfectly fine they are tough they are um like you said maybe the foul trouble at the five position or forward position is kind of concerning but sure um overall they still out rebounded iowa state um and had 11 off three rebounds so number it's not one a concern it's just a damning shortest... number to me that's in-
0: that's amazing man like that's just i mean that's just effort right that's just coaching and effort like Surely. oh my Surely. god that's amazing i mean that's why i wasn't too worried about other depth wise yes but talent wise i wasn't worried about the front court when they lost jairus walker because it's like juan roberts is the is just that guy that you would like if you're if you're Kelvin Sampson, he's like, yeah. yeah. What are you six six? Yeah, you're fine. You can play center. Like,
1: last, <laughs> last year they were two hundred thirtieth in hype. The year before that, 99th with Josh Carlton, yeah, Carlton, and White and Reggie Cheney and Joe One uh, Roberts. That's a, a, you know, that's the the height of the team that you expect. But um, that's nasty. Regardless, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. It's a great team. It's I still think it's the best team in the country, in my opinion. Them and UConn, I'm very very high on. Yeah.
0: but um, well, yeah. No, I'll be glued to that uh, TCU game because that'll be very telling for both teams, in my yeah. opinion.
1: Okay. Um, t- 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 where do we want to jump from here? We can talk quickly. Want to talk about a team that does have size going
0: uh, negatively for it?
1: Go. Where do you want to go?
0: Go to go to Waco. Okay. Or I yeah. guess they were. I guess they were in Lawrence. I guess for.
1: Yeah, you can. Okay. You can. Yeah, I I didn't get to watch this one, but okay. I have the box score up.
0: So. Um. So yeah, Baylor loses. Baylor women lose yeah. to Kansas. Uh, let me get the final score. Sorry, I didn't have that up. Um, that was a good attempt
1: at a transition, though. I see what you were doing there. The height, trying, trying. height negatively affecting them. Yeah. Unlike Houston. <laughs> uh.
0: So 66 Baylor gets shellacked by Kansas. Um. Granted, it took a career night. Um. I believe. Let me see if I have the actual box score right here. Pull it up. Uh, it was Tiana Jackson and, and Samaya Nichols, but mainly Tiana Jackson, 27 points, 19 rebounds, seven offensive boards. Um, yeah, this was a look, I still think Baylor is the favorite in the big 12, but this exposed a very, very glaring weakness, which is that this team does not have an interior defensive presence. Um, and not even like as a, in terms of a shot blocker, like somebody to guard the post, right? Asia Blackwell is a good defender, but she's the she is still a tweener guard slash forward, right? And against the Sedona Prince, somebody who's a traditional back down, kind of back to basket big, sure, she can give, give her physical work and make her earn her shots. But like if there's a big that can move a little bit, right? And make things interesting, it it's an issue. And I thought that's what this game was because the thing that Baylor, the thing that I don't think TCU did well, that Kansas was able to do as well was they were able to one collapse the defense because of that lack of interior presence. Right. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they were able to get inside, they were able to kick things out and get an open shot. Um, not a lot, but just generate open looks. And then Kansas had the balance to be able just to go inside and so when they had the big advantage with Samaya Nichols, like she's not a towering player, or not uh, to Tamiya Jackson, um, Tiana Jackson, excuse me, uh, she's not a towering player, but she is a big in the sense that Baylor does well. Baylor does not have right now, and I don't know, like uh, she's six six, so again, she is. I'm not saying she's not a big player, but Baylor and she's also she's just a better mover than Sedona Prince, right? She's more mm-hmm. she's more nimble. Sedona Prince is going to camp in the paint offensively and defensively and just dare you yeah. to score on her and give her and didn't dare you to stop her on the other end. Tiana Jackson can, can move, right? She's able to screen. She's able to hedge on screen. She's able to move around a little bit. She can step up on the perimeter, um, be a shot blocking presence there. And then on offense, she's able to run the rim and, and it was like, okay, Baylor does not have that type of player to stay with her. And yeah, so that's, that's a weakness. Now, granted, I don't know how many times we're going to face that this year. Right. I, I think they handled Texas pretty well, who I, I think Madison Booker is a different type of player. She's not as slender as Jackson, um, and she's not going to be in the paint as much either, right? She kind of stretches the outside. So, granted, this could be just a bad matchup with Kansas, but also I think it is a thing that people are going to see. It's like, okay, if we just get our big running a little bit, they going to have some issues.
1: I mean, they have to play Ayoka, Ayoka, Ayoka Lee, right? Yeah. Right, there, right. Ayoka Lee. Ayoka Lee, thank you. Yeah um let play her in a couple weeks yeah no um, wait, you know
0: you're right okay why did i say okay yeah yeah I,
1: I don't know I, I, was, I was i was relying on you there <laughs> my bad um but yeah like it may be, right uh, like it, i they can get away with look i mean they yeah. beat texas and in... i was about to
0: say they've beaten good teams with this lineup so it's not like but, this is like oh they're done
1: no they're definitely not done but we have to I we've said this is a top 5 team and I mm-hmm. I still I still think they're you know up there in that area yeah. somewhere like the, if you look at the rankings the area around like like I've said before 3 through whatever 12 is extremely muddy mm-hmm. waters so if we're going to put you in that area I do think this type of loss exposes something that can be used in March um, and I think if they play TCU and Texas again, which they will mm-hmm. they play them again, assuming Sedona Prince is back. I don't think they're running a thing defensively. That's going to, I think teams are going to watch this Kansas game maybe and be like, all right, we can do this better. We can do this better to attack them on the inside because Baylor doesn't have an option. Their biggest player is six, one yeah. in the starting lineup or basically six, one that they play of their seven man mm-hmm. rotation. So, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they start struggling with these players with more size more if Kansas state watches this and they attack with Lee uh, Texas and, and uh, TCU are going to attack it. I don't think this is the first, this is, I don't think this is the last time we're going to hear about an opposing center going for 20, 20 and 15 on them. Like, I just don't think that's the last time. So yeah, yeah, you have a really bad rebounding disparity, 48 to 31, uh, zero blocks from Baylor to four and, Now we're like, all right, if you shoot five of 25 from three, you're not going to have a chance to win these games.
0: I was about to say like, is that, is that just the counter is like, they just need, they're going to need better offense. Right. Right. They shot, you know, they didn't shoot well. Right. So like, is it, is that, is that the solution? Right. It's like, if you're going to get beat on the inside, you just have to shoot better.
1: I mean, pretty much. And so this, this, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. I I don't have too much to add to it, but it's definitely was I've, like turned it on late just to watch like the last few minutes and it was like, okay, Mm -hmm. so this girl like,
0: and it could have, in my opinion, it could have been worse. Like Kansas missed quite a bit of layups. Like it was one of those where it's like Kansas would get a turn or Baylor would miss a shot. Kansas would get on the fast break and it'd be like a two V two, but then nobody's getting the trailer. Right. And so like the bigs wide open, boom, and they blew some layups. So like, it could have been a little worse. So yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, this will be a, this is kind of a, put a pin in, game i still think like you said like you this is still my favorite to win the big 12 now um although we'll see texas looks like they're kind of rounding into something without <laughs> rory Harmon. i don't know like they, like we'll see when they play in the rematch but yeah they look really good right now
1: yeah uh, we've we talked about texas yeah uh they've now won three in a row um we talked about them kind of figuring out their identity without rory they're just going to turn into a Vic Schaefer team so all right that's that's what they've turned into. Uh, how many? Let, let's take a guess. How many threes do we think they shot against TCU uh, when they played on um, Wednesday? I'm going to go over under, over under seven and a half. They scored 72 points.
0: Under. I'm going to go under.
1: Yeah, I would go under two. Yeah, see. let's see. Four of eight. Oh, just what, over. What a line. What, just a line. what
0: a line. That is a great line.
1: Four yeah. of eight, yeah, and, so. and literally
0: the three players that I would have expected are the ones that took them: Shea Holly, yeah. Shaila Gonzalez, and Madison Booker. <laughs> exactly. Are, that's exactly the stat line. Those are the yeah. three players I would have said took yeah, all the threes.
1: Yeah, four of eight from three. You're not being Texas if they go four of eight from three, because then they get <laughs> so thirty-two to say, free throws too. That's,
0: a, that's might as well be the the Warriors right there, <laughs> four of eight from from a Vic Schaefer team.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Real quick, I do want to talk about uh Texas A&M women's. Uh, yes, yeah, you saw I them watched, against LSU. Yes, saw them in person yesterday lose to LSU. Where to start? This was a team that came into the game with the number 1 scoring defense in the country. I believe they're second in defensive rating in the country, uh top 3 in rebounds, you know, all all the statistics were advantageous for them. So I was interested because LSU, they're not as big as they usually are uh, in terms of, you know, Kim Mulkey teams. So I thought maybe Barker and Ware would really give them fits. Mm -hmm. They didn't. This is, I I think this, I think this game speaks more to LSU than it does. And M, Mm. but it does kind of continue to show the limitations of Texas A&M because they just have no shooting. Uh, India Rogers was fantastic. I want to give her a shout out. Uh, I asked Joni Taylor after the game about her. She was, um, yeah, uh, Rogers into the game 11 of 22, shooting 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists with zero turnovers. Hmm. Uh, I thought she was fantastic. So, India Rogers was was awesome. Kula Bali, I thought, was really good too, 16 points, 11 from the field. But there's just no Janaya Barker and Lauren Ware are big, yeah, but they're not imposing. Mm. And I think that might be more of a thing after watching Kim Mulkey teams up close the past three years. I think that's just like a Kim Mulkey thing I've become used to is sure. You're gonna feel her bigs. Yeah. Barker, you do not feel on the court in that way. She hangs around the perimeter a lot. We Mm. we know how Janaya Barker, you know, she can take some bad shots at times. Defensively, you don't really like you don't feel her. So it's like, all right, how I want to see Barker unlock that. And she wasn't foul trouble. I don't want to give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. She wasn't foul trouble first half and then just, you know, kind of gets upset, takes a couple reaches, which is not good. But Mm -hmm. that's where I think Barker's next step is you have to have people feel you like we've seen a lot of, teams with great bigs Vic schaefer or, or um, kim mulkey like we've seen those coaches have bigs and like you were gonna feel N- melissa smith right, right right Right. um the girl from texas three years ago why am i blanking on her name uh they got drafted number oh collier uh, yeah uh collier yeah you were gonna feel her like that, yeah. those are the type of players you're just gonna feel and so barker has the talent of those of those uh girls but she doesn't have the impact at this moment on a consistent basis. And so I was more I was more disappointed with the front court than anything. And then also, they just have no depth. Uh, they mm. put players out there that are just kind of there.
0: Yeah, I wonder, like, I mean, we kind of were expecting Janiya Barker to take kind of a step forward this year. And she yeah. kind of hasn't um she it's it's similar to last year where she, she has the same stats Well, i was about to say she's like her game's similar where it's like and the kind of her her kind of variance is similar yep. Where like and again it's lsu i'm not expecting her to go up against angel reese and drop 30 you know but like she'll have a game where she'll drop five but yeah. then she'll have a game where she'll drop 18 you're like there it is
1: well let me read these last three games too. okay conference games three conference games at georgia 29 minutes points, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, hmm. one block, four yeah. turnovers. Auburn, a win, twenty two point win at home, twenty eight minutes, thirteen points, ten rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, three turnovers, hmm. um, on seventy one percent shooting. Georgia was twenty five percent shooting. LSU lost by seventeen. Yeah, like you said, tough tougher matchup. Uh, Reese Angel Reese guarding her, um, or Anissa Morrow actually did a great job guarding her. Anissa Morrow is hmm. a really good defender. Uh, but yeah, 19 minutes, six points, one rebound, one assist, two steals, one block, three turnovers. So yeah. like that's the variance. That's where I'm saying is like you're not getting it on a consistent basis from a player who is number three in the country in her recruiting class and is incredibly talented.
0: Right. I was about to say, even no matter what happens with A&M, like everything around them, you know, the talent upgrade and all that, I think everything. And again, they're 13 and three, so it's not like, you know, the season's not over. But like I think a lot of our aspirations for this team came with the caveat that Janaya Barker was also taking the step forward. Um, And, you know, she doesn't appear to be doing that, but they're still 13
1: and three. So I don't know. I don't know how to take that really. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, she's had 18 and 13 against Kansas, right? So you're like, okay. She's done it against good competition. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, it's, it's possible. It's there. Uh, Wake Forest, 14 and nine Cal 10 and five Purdue, 19 and 11. So, we've seen these type of showings but I was just hopeful that in a game against LSU and we'll see they play uh Tennessee on the 14th so Sunday so Mm -hmm. maybe she bounces back but those are the games where you need to see Barker take a step up and be like all right I'm rising to the competition level and like I said Vic Schaefer Kimoki we can go to a list of great coaches that have have coached great bigs but like you know, Joni Taylor has to start imposing herself, I think, on Barker. I don't want to give her a pass on that because this isn't we've seen coaches elevate players at the mm-hmm. women's level specifically with the bigs. A lot of them are projects. A lot of them you have to do some work with and to, Joni Taylor has to get more out of Janaya Barker.
0: Yeah.
1: 100%. Okay. Um I have one more.
0: Okay.
1: I'm I'm good, so I'm good to talk about whatever. All right. All right, we'll talk about whatever right. Oh, geez. UTSA men's oh, basketball. Oh, let's do it.
0: I knew we were going there.
1: We, I, I really want to give us credit here because yep. we, we've, we, we had the arc, and we watched them beat Rice and said, yep. all right, this is a team that plays hard. They got a couple guards that can play, and that's a good win over Rice on the road, even if I don't think Rice is any good. Mm-hmm. So then they go, and we're like, all right, well, they're going to lose by 20 to Memphis and lo and behold i get a 10 no,
0: overtime
1: <laughs> it goes to overtime and they arguably could have won in regulation if not for yeah. a, an offensive foul call that maybe was was sketchy to a lot of people yeah um but memphis ends up winning 107 to 101 in overtime and utsa led for a vast majority of this game let me see if i can find out how long they led for because it was um, a significant portion of the time. Uh, win probability. Geesh. Yeah, it got up there. It was up and down. It was one of those uh, win probability ones that was like a heart rate mm. going up and down. But uh, I just I want to give them credit. I thought they played a tremendous game. Now, do I think they are a 38% shooting team on 45 attempts? No. But that's when you nuts. have that's nuts, by the way. 17 of 45. 45 attempts from three. Yeah. well again, they're not good enough to get in the paint. Like they're not. A lot of it's just but, yeah. Pull and it went in. So they're hanging in there. And credit to them, man. Memphis, this Memphis team on paper yeah. should have won this game by 30 points. If you just put it in like a the 2K sim. <laughs> yeah. memphis is winning this game by 30 points right um they i don't need to go over memphis's talent they have incredible talent in the team but uh tucker and ivy curry for for utsa yeah were terrific at controlling the pace of this game getting them into offense and um tucker ends with seven assists to two turnovers ivy curry ends with five assists to one turnover memphis didn't they 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 didn't allow memphis to really take them out of their stuff and like i said they weren't getting great looks but you got you get put give yourself a chance with those yeah. two so yeah. yeah credit to those two guards they were terrific uh ivy curry ends with 28 points nine rebounds five assists two steals um uh, and one turnover
0: that starting unit for them is actually kind of good like like scoring wise they're just like of course, I think I don't know how many games has Ivy Curry played now because he's of course he just got eligible like for five. Yeah. Six. So he's first of all, he's hit the ground running. Like he's legit a good player. Um, and I was curious how how good he'd be after coming back, but he's legit legit still a good player. Um, Dre Fuller was a great pickup from UCF. Yep. Christian Tucker, you mentioned,'s been there for a while, so he's kind of actually been in that Henson system. And then Carlton Lingard, like that starting lineup is actually really good. They're all averaging like double figures, I think. And again, it's, it's it's all in a caveat, right? We don't expect this team to be great, but this is still a lot better than what I thought they'd be. They're up. Let me see right now what they're up. They're up to 274 in Ken Palm, which, yes, up to. Um, I believe that is their highest. That'd be their, looking, their highest. I'm looking at 20, it right now. Their highest. Their, 2021. 2021 would be their highest. Uh, they were two ten, right? And since then, they have not hit that. That would be their highest since, like in general. You know how the season fluctuates in yeah. the rankings. Yeah. That would be their highest since then. Like they have not been around that air around that range in three years. Um. So genuinely, I this is not a little snide on them. They genuinely look like a really interesting, fun team. Do I think they're going to be conference contenders? No. Do I think this is a team that we look up and they have maybe a win in the conference tournament? Maybe right now, right now, like this is a team that you look up and be like, are they in the quarterfinals? Like, this is like, it's one of those teams where you're just like, okay. And then some team probably beats them that should beat them. Um, But like, yeah, I don't know, man. This team has an identity. They're scoring. They're scoring well. They have a starting lineup behind that. Don't ask, Um, but their starting lineup is good. Their starting
1: five is good. In three conference games-ish, UTSA is second in offensive efficiency on Ken Palm in the conference. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Hang the banner. Second in the conference in offense?
0: Yeah, I will say this. I will say this. No matter what happens with Steve Henson at the end of the year, why wouldn't some team just say you're our offensive coordinator? <laughs> you're right. Come be our sec- come be our second or third assistant and just run this stuff. Yeah. Right. Just because again, I can't stress how this team, aside from uh, uh uh, Chris Tuck, Christian Tucker, they haven't been here. Right. These are just JUCO players and transfer. Like they, this team is new. <laughs> so yeah, I. Hell of a Dang. job, man. Again, we make fun of him because we don't have the money to fire him, and he's in his last year. He's coaching his ass off right now, man.
1: <laughs> he's going to be a great assistant. I don't mean that pejoratively. Um, no, but
0: some team's going to – yes, I, I agree with that. Some team is going to pick up a really good assistant coach that knows how to co- – and who knows, maybe he'll learn something different on sitting on a bench for a couple of years, and he'll be, probably be – we might. We may talk in five years, and he's a head coach again, he's better than yeah. he was in UTSA. But yeah where he's showing why hey. he why they invested in him with that extension in the in the first place.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, credit to them. They got Charlotte and Tulsa the next two games. Uh Tulsa on the road. The Tulsa game is kind of interesting. Uh they're mm-hmm. okay. They're not great. PJ Haggerty's over there balling out. Shout out to our boy.
0: Yeah, man. What's he averaging now? You sent me the stats the other day.
1: Oh gosh, hold on. Let me see. I'm, I'm on gonna... Kim Pom, so you know they don't have the actual stats yeah. out, but let me see. PJ uh, Haggerty, he, he is averaging
0: see. 18 and a half four and a half rebounds, three and a half, three point three 3.3 assists. Oh, he shout scored. out the first ever Mr. Texas basketball.
1: Oh my gosh. This dude has scored 20 plus in like, what is this? Nine games, eight games this year. He's a baller. He's still classified as a freshman too. Let's go PJ. Shout out Crosby high school. Come back. Come back. Come back. Baby. Come, come take him, get him back.
0: Jamie Dixon just sent him, just sent him on a loan for a bit. He's like, you're going to watch him over there and you're going to come back and average 20 in the big 12,
1: buddy. There you go. That's what, uh, college sports is going to turn into in a couple years, just <laughs> players was... on loan. All right, bring us PJ Haggerty back after two years. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think that's it. I do want to mention, I didn't watch this. Texas men's, we've talked about them so much. They got yeah. a big win. That's a big win over Cincinnati yes. on the road. 74-73 on Tuesday. No Caden Shedrick. I'm off the Caden Shedrick train. I don't think he's really good enough. So with him out, yeah, Dylan back is back um, yeah.
0: he put up a big boy performance in that one
1: yeah so just throw dylan to back in i don't need to see uh shedrick again he can come off the bench yeah. but Dylan to 33 points 13 or 23 shooting that's what this team needs they need a focal point on offense yeah and he can be that for you because mitchell is great as a complimentary player hunter is mm-hmm. great as a complimentary player ace in theory should be able to do more on ball but i don't love him like i want him in that 12 shot range i don't mm. want him taking 20 shots right so that's what this team needs and that's a big boost so good win for them uh i know they were like five point dogs i did not bet either way but i just yep. I knew that <laughs> so um good win we'll see where they go from here uh they have west virginia on the road and then ucf at home so potentially to get a little momentum going potentially two wins there before you play baylor yeah home. and all right that's it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I one more. One more. Let's oh, see. One more. Um, I actually watched a little bit of this, this game. Uh Ann of Corpus Christi lost to Southeastern women's. Oh. Um, okay. 71 to 68. Battle of two of the top three teams in the conference. So the Southland women's right now, just to give you all an update on that. Um, the top three is clear cut. Mm-hmm. To me, it's Ann of Corpus Christi, it's Southeastern, and it is uh Lamar. Right. We've, we've talked okay. about yeah. Lamar. Yeah, Lamar. Yes. We love Lamar. They're 3-0 in conference. Lamar is going to be really, really good. They beat McNeese 82-50. to So uh, Lamar is probably the favorite right now. Southeastern is probably 2nd Um and Corpus Christi is probably third. But a and Corpus Christi could have won that game. I watched the fourth quarter. They could have won that game. They had chances. Um, but uh, ultimately not enough on the road. So want to give them a shout out uh that's the top three in the southland right now and that's it sweet there you go um all right thank you all for joining us uh we'll be back uh next week to recap what again looks like a crazy weekend of basketball so just so much to do I, every saturday i'm like all right can we do the we should just do the podcast like we're just right now because i could just yeah. talk about it for like 30 minutes and then i, I know go, right let's just wait let's get there tuesday and get all our thoughts together. Um, but yeah, thank you all for joining us. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Uh, we appreciate uh, y'all checking us out and we will talk to y'all later.